Hey y'all, this is Rich Collins of Renaissance Publishing. Welcome to Mardi Gras Beyond the Beads, a series of conversations with Mardi Gras historian Errol Laborde about the history and traditions of Carnival, the greatest free show on earth. Hello everyone and welcome to Mardi Gras Beyond the Beads. On today's episode, we're talking to Dr. Jennifer Avegno, Director of the New Orleans Health Department, about how to stay safe this carnival season. Dr. Avegno, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rich. So, yeah, number one, how can people stay safe and help others do the same during this carnival? Well, there's always some pro tips that we like to give out for a, a typical carnival on how to stay safe. But this year, we're gonna, we need to add some to that uh, because of the pandemic. You know, in general... We want to remind folks, whether they're visitors, whether they're lifelong New Orleanians who have been to every parade since they were born, um, just to be aware of their surroundings. And that's true when you're in a crowd. That's true when you're walking down the street. Um, you know, parades come up fast. Curbs come up fast. Things come flying at you fast. So always just make sure you're aware of what's coming at you, who you're with. Um, and what the terrain is like. You know, I'm an emergency physician. We see lots and lots of people in the ER over Carnival, and many of it is I tripped. You know, I wasn't looking where I was going, um, and and something happened. So always make sure you do that. You know, make sure that you are hydrated, that you're eating regularly, um, and that you are not overindulging. Um, we see a you know again, there's a lot of folks who let loose a little too much at carnival, have too much really? to drink, right? Get sick, their inhibitions are down, they make bad decisions, they fall down, they hit their head, and then they need to be transported to a hospital. And that's really challenging when you're on the, the route. Um, you know, those are sort of the typical things that we, we tell people. But now we've got the pandemic to worry about. And, and we know two years ago that Mardi Gras was really a terrible um, super spreader event. We didn't know what we wish we had known at the time, uh, unfortunately, but now we do. And so we have to be responsible with that information. Number one, get vaccinated and boosted. That's the best thing you can do to keep yourself safe out of the hospital, out of severe disease. Number two, wear that mask when you're indoors and when you're in a crowded situation, right? If you're going to be packed into the crowd, um, going for those throws, it's not a bad idea to wear a mask. I promise you people can still hear you. They can still see you when you're waving. And then number three, if you're not feeling well in any way, this is the time to sit that parade out, right? You don't have to go to every single one. Or if you can get a home test, and we're working really, really hard to get more public home tests that I hope we'll be able to um, distribute widely, Take a test before you're going to the ball, you're going to the parade, you're going to the route party, whatever you're doing, because every infection that we know about that doesn't get into a big crowd helps us with the aftermath. Um, and, and do the same for your friends and your loved ones. You know, For those that are coming to visit us, make sure they know what the guidelines are, what the rules are, and how they can celebrate safely. Are you worried and is the city worried that People are just going to basically go laissez le bon temps relay at this point and, and just throw caution to the wind? Yeah, you know, it is a concern. Um, nowhere else in the country or really in the world is having big events like this. If you noticed, Brazil canceled their carnival um, yeah. for fears of, of pandemic surge. We're in a better place than we were a few weeks ago, but we're at levels 
that are pretty high. Um, and although our hospitals are doing better, there's still a lot of patients there. Understanding that generally with Carnival in New Orleans, our hospitals are very, very full just from Carnival stuff. So, you know, I am a little worried about that. We've also got people coming in from all over the, the country and the world who have different understandings um, or coming from places where the virus might be surging in a way that, that it's not surging here. We've got a new variant of Omicron that's kind of in the background. So there's a lot of risk, but that's why, you know, we have the community-wide layers of protection so that we all walking into this have the same layers of protection. So there's the vaccine or negative test requirement, and then there's the indoor mask requirement. We know that under these conditions, when viral transmission is relatively low, what we learned from Crew of Boo is that having a large gathering did not seem to spark an outbreak. So we're recreating those conditions because that's the data that we have that suggested what was safe and what was not safe. You know, I'll say this, life is pretty normal. Um, you know, just in the last few weeks, I've gone out to a restaurant to celebrate a friend's birthday. You know, I've gone to a, an event that was indoors. I showed my vaccine card and I wore my mask other than when I was eating and drinking, but I felt really normal and I had a really good time. And so I don't think it's this true dichotomy. I don't think either you're, you know, hiding at home in your closet and you can't go out or you're, you know, partying in the streets with abandon. I think we can do so many of the things that we love about Carnival with just some really simple, basic precautions. Understood. What worries you more or what do you think is more likely to be a risk? Uh, the crowds outside at parades or just people packed inside for balls and, and dances and things? Yeah, they're both risky. The, the nice thing about being outside is that you really can move around pretty freely. Um, you know, I, I live not far off the uptown route, um, and so I spend a lot of time walking up and down neutral grounds. And, you know, you can choose to be in that fray uh, right up with everybody else, hoping for that muse's shoe. But for the most part, you really don't have to, uh, especially at my age, right? You don't really need to be up there doing that. So outdoors, I do feel like in many cases, you can spread out and, and kind of take stock of your risk and reduce it. Um, there are a lot of indoor events that can get pretty crowded. And when you're indoors without ventilation, folks are eating and drinking, their masks are off, that's when we see historically um, a lot of viral spread. You know, whether it's been weddings, whether it's been big parties, over and over and over again, not just in New Orleans, but across the country, we've had events. So that's why I'm, you know, especially if you're heading out to a ball or a big party, take a test beforehand. Um, understand your risk profile, right? If you're gonna be visiting grandma in the nursing home a few days from now, probably not a really safe activity. You know, that's what my family and I are doing. Yeah, we got invited to this and we want to do this, but how would that, what would happen if two days later, you know, we found out we had been exposed and we were visiting an immunocompromised or, you know, family member or, you know, my niece just had a baby, right? How am I going to make sure that when I go visit the baby, I am not inadvertently bringing something in? And so if people could just have a little bit of thought and planning I think they will be able to regulate this. Gotcha. So maybe for indoor events, wear the mask unless you're eating or drinking 
and be thoughtful about what you've got coming up on your schedule. Now for outdoor events, is there a Carnival 2022 safety and essentials kit you recommend? Yeah, definitely extra masks, masks that are comfortable. Um, you can switch them out, you know, like let's say it's raining and it falls in the mud or something, right? You want to have some extra ones. Definitely hand sanitizers, um, band-aids. You know, your typical first aid kit is always going to be a good idea, uh, you know, at, at Carnival. Um, and then maybe some tests, right? Uh, you know, why not? Um, you know, if, if you're, some of us also carry, you know, uh, naloxone and tourniquets and that sort of thing, um, or, you know, what we might need to do CPR, but I think that's not with the average public. And, you know, we at the health department are going to have our first aid stations stationed along the route. So if you need a Band-Aid, right, if you for once uh, some hand sanitizer, if you want somebody to check out the scrape that you just got, you know, from the bead or, or the coconut or whatever it was, come and see us. And if we've got basic supplies that, um, you know, that can help. And if we look at you and think, oh, you really probably do need to be checked out, that ankle doesn't look right, uh, or that gash is pretty big, then we're positioned in a way that it's easier to get you to um, a higher level of care if you need it. Okay, talk to me more about that. When you say come see us, what do you come see who and co- and where? So for many years, the New Orleans Health Department, in partnership with New Orleans EMS um, and our volunteers, our Medical Reserve Corps, our EMS volunteers, the American Red Cross, um, LCMC Health, and some other partners, we've had tents along the routes. Uh, we're going to be at five different places, um, and I'll, if you give me a second, I can look up where they are because uh, I don't want to get them wrong. Um, generally, it's you know. Three in the most, the three along the uptown part, and then two in the downtown part. Um, and so we're there just for you. Uh, we don't do major procedures there, right? We're not going to stitch up your laceration there, right? We're not going to give you IV fluids or medications, but we'll we'll take a look at. Uh, you know, I've looked at like beads in ears. I've looked at scrapes. Um, <laughs> Oh, you need a Band-Aid, you need some of this, uh, you know, oh, you know, and a lot of what we do is saying, yeah, your friend is drunk and that bonk on his head really needs to be looked at. And so if it's something that requires transport to a hospital, we're at locations where EMS can get to us and out quickly because that's a real challenge for EMS is to get places. If you If something happens to you and you're on the wrong side of the road, Getting to you, getting to a hospital can be incredibly challenging. Ask any woman who's been in labor around Carnival, um, and they'll tell you how difficult it is. So that's the main reason we're stationed where we are, and we have radio communication. So if you need something, and every year we have people who really need something, right? People have strokes. People have heart attacks. You know, in parade crowds, we want to be able to get you out as fast as possible. I can only imagine the stuff you've seen in those tents along parade routes over the years. So you say yeah. beads in ears? Yeah, that's very, our noses too. Like individual uh, beads, like, like someone's... Individual beads, things. yeah. Um, my own child actually uh, <laughs> did that <laughs> as a young person. But anything that can hit you in the head will, you know, hit you in the head, especially for our, you know, uninitiated visitors to the city who are not quite used to the speed at which certain projectiles are thrown. Maybe they're not quite used to the way our sidewalks sometimes, um, you know, jump up and get you. And so we, we do, um, yeah, we see a lot of interesting stuff. 
Okay, so talk to me a little bit about the steps the city is taking, such as requiring crew riders to be vaccinated or show negative tests. Just what are some of the things you guys are doing in advance? And then I'm curious if you guys are uh, doing any special monitoring or studying or analysis of what's happening. Yeah, what's, how's that going to go? Yeah, definitely. We've been thinking about Carnival 2022 since summer 2021. Um, wanting, knowing that, you know, if history repeated itself, which it did, we would probably be in a period of higher viral transmission because of the seasonality. And so that was part of the reason why we did the surveillance for Crew of Boo, because we really wanted to have information that we could act on. For Crew of Boo, all of the riders um, and parade participants had to either show vaccination or a negative test. And remember, when you ride in a parade, you know, the riding itself is pretty safe. You're outside, you're only really next to one or two other people. You don't get that close to the crowd generally. Um, But, you know, there are so many events that go along around that, right? There's balls and parties and captain's dinners and, you know, luncheons and all the things that go around that are actually in many ways riskier activities. So the requirement to be vaccinated or provide a negative test covers you for all of those. So any risky activity. And what we saw with the riders is that, you know, Crew Abu was 98% vaccinated. Only a few people showed a negative test. So a really high level of protection. There were multiple events. I think you could have attended up to 10 different events around that one parade. But we saw, you know, very, very little infection from riders and from the crowd members. And the crowd members were very vaccinated too. And they were highly vaccinated because they were in New Orleans And in order to do anything else in New Orleans, like restaurants, bars, other events around it, you have to have that same requirement for a vaccine or a negative test. So it's that blanket level of protection. So we talked to the crews about this, you know, in the fall, they were very understanding. They want to do, they don't want to repeat Mardi Gras 2020 any more than anybody else does. Um, Several of our crews got hit incredibly hard There were many, many deaths from crews that probably could be linked back to some of their parties around Carnival in 2020 that they had no idea. And so nobody wants to do that again. So they've been great. They've been wonderful partners helping to make this happen because they know it's got to happen. We've got to show the world we can do it. You know, New Orleans shows the world every year that we can have Carnival safely. If you look at what happens when other cities in America try to have Carnival, it never works, right? People riot, terrible things happen. So this is just another way that we can show people that we're doing it. And we've had a great relationship with the crews. I have not heard any, you know, major complaints. I understand it's it's an extra thing that they have to do. In order to parade on the streets of New Orleans, there's a lot of things you have to do to make it safe, and this is just an additional one. And so besides that requirement, the other main sort of precaution is the fact that there's still the indoor mask mandate. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, the CDC just came out with a great um, study that showed that masks of varying types decrease the likelihood you're going to get COVID. And every if you are in you know, an extravaganza with 20,000 of your closest friends, and you can decrease the number of people who are transmitting the virus, you are going to save a lot of infections, serious illnesses, and even deaths. And so, you know, it, it couldn't be more clear that that's what's needed to help with acute transmission. The vaccines are going to help 
overall protection. And if you do get exposed or infected, keeping you out of the hospital, but it's that mask that really protects that in the moment transmission. And so all of these things in place work together to make this a much safer thing. Right. So what's your worst case scenario? What's your best case scenario for how this all unfolds? I think we should expect that there will be a bump in cases after Carnival. I am hopeful that it will be minimal. And the fact that many people, many schools are out for that entire week gives us a little built-in quarantine period so that when we return to school, um, you know, we will whatever infections are out there will have already been sort of siphoned off. You know, I can't say enough about our public schools and their testing and their vigilance and their surveillance. That's really going to help us. Same with the universities. I know that they've been great partners. But I do think that we, we have to expect that things are going to go up. What I'm hopeful is that our hospital capacity can handle it, that the, that the strain that, that Carnival itself puts on hospitals lessens um, so that if we do have a bump, they'll be able to, to handle that. And that as we roll into the spring, um, where historically the past two years we, we've, we've not had big surges, that will continue. You know, we roll right out of Carnival into St. Patrick's Day, Final Four, French Quarter Fest, Jazz Fest, all the fests. Um, so every week or weekend, we're going to have repeated large events. And so if we can continue the conditions that make large events safe, um, as things get better, you know, hopefully relaxing them, uh, then I, I'm hopeful that we can get into a really good spring that I think all of us have been waiting for. We make a good point, right, that, that what happens with carnival season will be a good litmus test for Jazz Fest and everything else. Right. And I'll say all of the festivals are, and Final Four, everybody is, they're just excited to get back. They, they understand what the requirements currently are on the books. They're prepared to do that because they know that, you know, again, you can have a really great Jazz Fest um, and if, if one of the requirements, I mean, they already go through your stroller to make sure you're not sneaking alcohol in there. So they can certainly say, Hey, you know, that that's a safety measure, right? Checking for a vaccine or a negative test is another safety measure. And they're more than prepared to do that. So before we got on this zoom, I looked back at a story that was published on our website on March 1st of 2020. And I oh. interviewed you about this potential pandemic that that was just coming on to the horizon and uh it's interesting to see because you know you're you make you make actually a lot of good predictions uh <laughs> but at the same time no one could have predicted that almost two years later we'd still be immersed in this top in this topic uh, right. so i'm just wondering you know carnival aside just over the for you <laughs> how has this pandemic transformed everything for you over the last two years. Um, that's what pandemics do, right? If you look at the history, I mean, it's yellow fever that really transformed the city into the modern era in many ways. It's Spanish flu that changed a, a lot of the things that we do that I don't think any of us really realized. Um, you know, for us, it certainly deepened our understanding of the challenges that we have in the city in terms of healthcare, the longstanding inequities that we knew about and we're talking about, but really now, you know, everyone can see them. Um, it also, though, highlighted how strong a community New Orleans is. You know, when I 
when I talk to other health directors, when I talk to the CDC, and I say, you know, we can get messages across because everyone has shared goals in New Orleans. And that's generally, we want to be on the parade route, right? We want to go to Jazz Fest. We want to have our cultural life be robust again. And so we are willing to do the things we need to do to get there. I think that's a large part of why we are so highly vaccinated, why people have really good adherence to mask wearing, even though nobody likes it. I don't like wearing masks. Nobody likes it, right? But we have this sort of shared sense of community that a lot of other places don't have. And particularly now when things are so very polarized. Um, And I'm not saying everybody always is happy or agrees or likes it, but more than most places, you know, we, we can come together for shared goals. And I think that that is going to set us up. If we can keep doing that and, and set different goals after the pandemic is over, then that's going to position us really well to, again, transform ourselves just as the city did after previous epidemics. Well, I just want to say thanks for all the hard work you've done for the sake of public health over the last two years, despite the polarizing environment. Well, thank you. It's it's a huge team. My team has really worked nonstop. I, you know, they all deserve <laughs> really long vacations, um, but they they do it because they love the city too. They're from here. They they want they want us to be healthy. They want us to get out of this as best as we possibly can. Right. My last question for you is, which is safer, the neutral ground or the sidewalk side? It depends on the neutral ground. I would lean towards neutral ground because you can generally space and then go into the other side of the street, right? You just have more room. I feel like that, but depending on what's behind you on the sidewalk, I just, I don't like being hemmed in on the sidewalk because then you're trying to, you know, let people pass and then people's houses. And I just, it just feels way too cramped to me. So I'm generally a neutral, neutral ground side. All right. I have the t-shirt to prove it too. Oh, is that right? <laughs> okay, so that's the official word. Neutral yeah. ground. Statistics yeah. are slightly safer. Just say there's no pandemic concerns whatsoever. What is your ideal carnival season moments, just for you personally? I love walking. I'm going to tear up now because I love it so much. Walking up and down the neutral grounds around, you know, St. Charles Napoleon. That's kind of my, you know, my spot. It could, it could be anywhere. And just hearing the music, seeing the lights from a distance, just kind of being an observer. You know, I, I realized when you grow up with Carnival, you don't appreciate it as much. Um, and I went to college in the Midwest and married to someone from the Midwest. I don't remember what my first time at Mardi Gras felt like. And I kind of feel gypped, right? I, I want, I've, I've seen my friends' eyes light up and they just can't, they, they don't even know how to take it in. But for us, it's, I mean, it's the rhythm of, of life for us. Um, and so as much as I can, I like to sort of step back and objectively look at the whole spectacle. Um, and it's the small moments of, of carnival. You know, I, a couple of years ago, I was driving my daughter to school at seven o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. It wasn't even the high season. I guess we were getting there. And randomly, there was a Mardi Gras Indian crossing the street on the corner of Napoleon and magazine at seven o'clock in the morning, just because, and he was beautiful. He was in his, all of his finery, no one else. Right. Um, and I looked at my daughter and I said, you don't understand, but 
other people live their whole lives and never have a moment like this. And of course, to her, it's like, well, whatever. It's a Mardi Gras Indian there. Why wouldn't they be on the corner on a Tuesday? Or it's turning to, you know, go somewhere at four o'clock in the afternoon and you can't because there's a band like marching down the middle of the street. And that might aggravate other people. But I just think it's it's delightful, right? It, so many times I've heard music stepped outside my house and there's a brass band or somebody just happens to be practicing on the way through. And it's just so joyous that I, I, it ruins you. I think it really ruins you to live other places because it certainly doesn't happen <laughs> in most other places. Um, and it's the small moments of carnival, I think, that are the joyous ones for me. I think that's beautiful, the way you just talk about the, these little snapshots, these little vignettes, maybe not even right at the parade, but a, a block removed from it and just right. hearing the band from a distance or you know seeing that one person dressed in finery. That's a beautiful sight, it, it, uh, and we're looking forward to the season getting uh, into full swing. Dr. Avegno, thanks so much for sharing all this uh, useful information. Oh, thanks for having me. Everybody have a happy, safe, joyous carnival season. As always, if anybody has any questions or comments, just send me an email, errol at myneworleans.com. And for the subject line, put Mardi Gras podcasts so I'll know not to delete you.